0: welcome back Friday September 16th 2022 six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero is the number six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero we made a theme this week the issue of lies the general and the specific the theoretical and ideological bases behind them and the appropriate specific ways to handle them for a brief recap it's not bigger. In fact, it's legions smaller. Anything the Democrats say about the big lie Republicans tell, it's not bigger. It's smaller than the lies of the left and the lies told every single day by this administration. You know, we aren't in a recession. The border is secure. The border would be more secure if Republicans weren't obstructing the Democrats. There's no settled definition of a woman. Men can menstruate and give birth. Our country was founded in 1619. The entire country is systematically racist when it isn't being run by people who are implicitly biased. Larry Elder is a white supremacist. Donald Trump is an anti-Semite. The withdrawal from Afghanistan was an extraordinary success. Vaccines keep you from getting COVID or from getting sick or from getting hospitalized or from dying. And the president of the United States is in full control of his mental faculties each and every one of those lies is far more dangerous than a belief about an election that Donald Trump has and that Hillary Clinton and Nancy Pelosi and Jimmy Carter continually held and still hold about the same very kind of election a presidential one that took place four years oh earlier it's just that that one didn't go their way. We should recognize this, familiarize ourselves with where this all comes from and what it leads to or has led to. The kind of society that imprisoned the Czech writer and political leader, Vaclav Havel, who wrote it up this way, he said, in totalitarian forms of government, life in the system is so thoroughly permeated with hypocrisy and lies. Government by bureaucracy is called popular government The working class is enslaved in the name of the working class. The complete degradation of the individual is presented as his liberation. Depriving people of information is called enlightenment. The use of power to manipulate is called public control of power. And the arbitrary abuse of power is called observing the Constitution. The repression of culture is called the development of culture, the expansion of Imperial influence is presented as support for the oppressed. The lack of free expression becomes the highest form of individual rights. Farcical elections become the highest form of democracy. Banning independent thought becomes the most scientific of world views. Because the regime is captive to its own lies, Havel says, it must falsify everything. It falsifies the past just as it falsifies the present And it falsifies the future. It falsifies statistics. It pretends not to possess an omnipotent and unprincipled unprincipled police apparatus. It pretends to respect human rights. It pretends to persecute no one. It pretends to fear nothing. And it pretends to pretend nothing. Close quote. Our own version might run something like this. Not only was Afghanistan an extraordinary success and not only is the border secure and not only would vaccines prevent illness and death, but also speeches, violence. Violence is mostly peaceful. Peacefully and patriotically marching is insurrection. Gender changing is gender affirming. Keeping hands off a body is having people operate on your body. Wanting those hands off the body is putting hands on it. Colorblindness is racism. Discrimination is anti-racism. Voter suppression means more people voting. And build back better means higher prices and food shortages. And now inflation reduction is inflation expansion. This is how fast the world is moving. And this is how fast the culture is trying to be changed and is being changed. Milan Kundera, another great Czech writer, understood this well, writing, quote, The first step in liquidating a people is to erase its memory, destroy its books, its culture, its history, and then have somebody write new books, manufacture a new culture, invent a new history. And before long, the nation will begin to forget what it is and what it was. Maybe we should add M-A-K-A, make Kundera fiction again, another hashtag. In any event, this week was a lot to take, given everything else we've had to try and assimilate. The New York Post runs a few of these lies down. The Inflation Reduction Act helped reduce inflation at the kitchen table. That's a direct quote from President Biden on Tuesday. And yet, egg prices are up 40 percent over last year. The Bureau of Labor Statistics reported that just this week. Butter 25% chicken, 16.5% flour, 24% milk, nearly 20%. The overall grocery price index is up a whopping 14%, the biggest jump in 43 years. Exactly what kitchen table, one has to wonder, does Joe Biden eat at? Perhaps one made of solar panels. For that, we gave vouchers to curb people's kitchen table expenses, according to the Democrats, or at least thus spaketh Carin Jean-Pierre this week. This one may be one of my favorites. Sixteen days ago, count them, 16, the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, tweeted this, quote, Racism, discrimination and human cruelty have played a pivotal role in how immigrants are received at our borders. Governor Abbott is without shame or humility. Chicago has been a sanctuary for thousands of newcomers, and we will not turn our backs on those who need our help the most, Close quote. This was 16 days ago in response to Governor Abbott busing illegal immigrants to Chicago. All manner of condemnation from the Chicago mayor, Lori Lightfoot, all manner of race shaming for doing so from the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot. Now, Here's the mayor of Burr Bridge, Illinois, six days ago. The Republican mayor of this suburban Chicago town is calling out Mayor Lori Lightfoot after over 60 migrants were shipped to his town from Chicago and dropped off at a local Burr Ridge hotel. Gary Grasso, the mayor of Burr Ridge, told Fox News that the migrants are being used as political pawns by Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Got it. Understand how this works. The city of Lightfoot, which condemned the state of Texas for busing illegal immigrants, all while boasting of being a sanctuary city and humanitarian safe haven, force bust illegal immigrants six days later to a Republican suburb. As the Post put it, her city of Chicago will always welcome migrants unless they actually arrive in Chicago, in which case she'll ship them elsewhere. One could say the same of Massachusetts and Martha's Vineyard, a sanctuary state and a sanctuary community declares it's a humanitarian crisis. Their words, when illegal immigrants from Florida are sent there, a total of 50 of them, no word as to whether or not it's a humanitarian crisis for millions to come into this country generally and stay in Texas and Arizona or Florida. 50 Martha's Vineyard, that's the crisis. You see, it's a crisis only when it affects them. Millions are not the crisis when it doesn't affect them. One of the reasons it's never affected them, by the way, is they have lots of space between themselves and the southern border, which is itself known as a barrier. And they have walls around their houses, often protected by security guards at their ports of entry into those gated communities. But they do not want that for the rest of the country. They have, well, shall we say, the rest of the country they barricaded themselves off from. Turns out barriers, barricades, and law enforcement work and is preferred after all, but only for some people and not for others. Only really for the ruling class and elites, not the governed working class and the non-elites. Oh, here's a good one from this week, I should add. Marco Rubio was fact-checked as being inaccurate for stating no man has ever gotten pregnant. That took place this week. You know what? That's just as Karen Jean-Pierre was not fact-checked as being anything when she said the border is secure or that people are not walking across it from Mexico to the United States. Get it? She's not fact-checked, but Marco Rubio is inaccurate for saying no man has ever gotten pregnant. You know what dawned on me? In everything else we are losing, we are losing our points of reference and cultural analogs. We used to joke about Baghdad Bob. You know, Saddam Hussein's henchman who said U.S. troops were not in Baghdad just as U.S. tranks were rolling behind him in Baghdad. Ali, Vesh- Ali Velshi had a bit of that in 2020 when he said the riots were mostly peaceful as a bombed out building fire raged behind him. I don't think we can joke about Baghdad Bob any- anymore, not because the reference isn't worthwhile, but because nobody will understand how what Bob said was a problem, just as they have no problem with what Ali Velshi said or with any of the other lies great and small, told by this media and this Democratic Party. Folks, we have a power problem in America. We have a manufactured consent problem in America. We have a truth problem in America. And each and every one of those problems is brought to you by the government of America. And our diogenes, if you will, the media has blown out its lanterns And just goes along with it all because the ideology, the outcome and result is the key for them, not the truth, not holding up power to the light of the truth, not consent of the governed giving power to the government, but government coercing consent upon the government. And the media just continues to go along with it. This is what angered so many in Massachusetts and California this week. Abbott and DeSantis forced the coverage and forced the hand that refused to meld itself or do its job simply by nothing more than taking a first step as if we needed some kind of addicted recovery, forcing the admission of a problem, forcing the admission of a problem, the illegal immigrant crisis. This is what got to them. Because the power-hungry, it seems to me, are addicted to power. Now add tyrannical ideologies to that power. The rigidity with which they will hold on knows almost no bounds. And with all addiction, you must start with the admission of a problem, right? And with all addicts, that is what they refuse, not only primarily, but mostly. They hate to admit there's a problem lest they then have to admit to it, confess to their friends and co-workers and families about it, confront it, deal with it, and solve it. So maybe we hit rock bottom, and this week we begin the process of recovery in earnest. Maybe. The fear, as in all these modes of thought, is that the rock bottom we thought we hit May not quite have been low enough yet. There may be lower bottoms to reach. Let's hope that's not the case. And let's hope we can say, here's to the recovery thus beginning. What is the cost of lies? It's not that we'll mistake them for the truth. The real danger is that if we hear enough lies, then we no longer will recognize the truth at all. May I end by quoting Milan Kundera once more? The struggle of man against power is the struggle of memory against forgetting. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-5080-960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, portions of which are brought to you by my friends at YReFi. If you're looking for a remarkable investment opportunity do check them out. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm of investors who do really well by doing good for others, and you can be a part of that too. They're offering a fixed no load interest rate up to ten and a quarter percent return for investors, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio. Check them out at investyrefi.com. The word invest, the letter dot com, or they're a local company. You can visit with them. You won't get a Sales pitch, they'll just tell you what it is they do and let it speak for itself. Give them a call at 855-316-3087, 855-316-3087. Smitty, listener Smitty, some of you uh, know of uh, know of him as Smitty from his calls. He uh, writes to me, flew to New York City yesterday. On the plane, I watched Fox Cable News. Top stories, inflation the southern border, crime in our big cities. The masked woman next to me was watching MSNBC. What were their top stories? A vote on same-sex marriage in the Senate expected after the midterms, the Trump-Mar-a-Lago investigation and classified documents, ongoing Georgia investigation into Trump's 2020 election interference, And sheesh, same story as 2020, half the voters being gaslighted by the mainstream media. Only difference is the price of gas and groceries. Smitty's making a really good point. It's not just that people who tune in to what are seemingly the mainstream commercial news organizations. I mean, after all, MSNBC gives you kind of the notion that it's Microsoft and NBC and thus credible. CNN gives you the notion that it's CNN of yesteryear and thus credible. Um, It's not just that when they deal with the political issues we care about or think about or are concerned about, they take them into a very ideologically, if not polarized, angle and sift it through a very politicalized and polarized sifter and screen before they give it to you, it's not just that. It is it is that. But it's also, when you're talking about people who will watch those things, thinking it's CNN of your or MSNBC of credibility, it's them thinking about the stories that they want you to read versus what most Americans seem to care about. We'll talk to George Kaloff later in the show, our political consultant and pollster. But It's still, for most voters, as far as I can tell, based on the feedback I get from y'all, based on the feedback uh, political candidates get from y'all, it's still the issues of the economy. And this was really the brilliance of what Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis did, Governors Abbott and DeSantis did this week. While MSNBC and CNN will cover for the administration when it comes to the problem of the illegal immigration and all that carries with it, you know, everything from crime. Well, if I just say crime, it covers almost everything. So I I, I, I should like to point out, you know, social welfare costs, uh, police costs, um, obviously property theft, obviously violent human crime, obviously the drug problem as well never mind just the whole entire issue of sovereignty. When CNN and MSNBC are covering up on that kind of issue and doing the administration's bidding and covering up on that kind of issue, happily reporting the border is secure, nothing to see there, nothing to worry about, Greg Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis forced the issue, forced the coverage with what the Democrats derisively call a political stunt. I don't know why it's any more of a stunt than the lies that the administration is telling. In fact, I'll give them more credit than that. It's not a stunt. It's not a stunt at all. They did it in the light of day, inviting the media to cover it, as opposed to the Biden administration, which earlier this summer, in the cover of darkness, not only was changing websites at the CDC, but was flying illegal immigrants around the country and moving them from place to place in cover of darkness, midnight, 2 a.m. flights at airports that don't normally accept airplanes at those hours so that they could conceal the problem from the press, the problem of overcrowding at the immigration detention facilities. It's not a stunt what DeSantis and Abbott did. The entire process of dealing with illegal immigration, much less admitting to it, much less handling it, much less not solving it, is the stunt. That's the stunt. It's not that we just need new history books. We need new dictionaries. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Gold has been used as money for nearly 3,000 years and today it remains a common sense investment that's simple and straightforward, especially since it typically retains its value when economies fail and fall like ours does. That's why I own gold and silver from Midas Gold Group. So does Seb Gorka. So do thousands of you already. The veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. If you're interested in talking about protecting your assets, your savings, your future with precious metals, give the folks at Midas Gold Group a call. They're at 480-360-3000. Really good people. 480-360-3000. Or check them out online at MidasGoldGroup.com. That's MidasGoldGroup group.com do we have time for something humorous in the midst of all of this I was on the phone um I was on the phone uh with a with a friend back in Washington uh and uh I was I was at someone's house this person um uh, has cats and a Labrador this person has three cats and I was trying to have a serious conversation with my friend in Washington DC and he said um what is all that noise in the background? And I said, well, it's it's cats. And he said, whose house are you at? And I said, so he said, how many cats are there? I said, three. He said, three cats? I said, yeah, but also a golden lab. He said, oh, so really like two cats. And I just thought, I, you know what? When I said, when I added also the golden lab, I kind of meant it to communicate what he immediately said. What what would we call that, Bill? Uh, a feline offset? One dog takes away, one great dog takes away the caterwauling of one cat? Is that is that the ratio? This is how John Kerry goes around uh, flying on private jets, but because he's doing it on behalf of climate change, it's necessary, or Al Gore can build mansions but because he donates money to the Clinton initiative he can off <laughs> one lab takes away one cat if you have a plethora of cats i suppose a passel of cats i don't know what cats are when they travel in groups do you, do you have any idea a herd is it a herd of cats i don't know what it is it's a scary of cats we'll call it a scary of cats from now on it shall be known as a scary of cats And you can reduce the scary at a one-to-one proportion by adding dogs. Okay, I'm with that. Only certain dogs. Dogs that have to weigh a little bit more than a certain, shall we say, poundage. Well, now you're going to get me in trouble with the audience. But yes, you're probably right. You're probably right. Yes, to say yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll leave it where it is. All right. Graver business frowning upon this levity. I liked something. I want to bring it to your attention that uh, Kevin Roberts said, uh, Dr. Roberts, he's the new president of the Heritage Foundation. Uh, and he's talking about uh, the paranoid presidency of Joe Biden. You know, that's a good word to use for it. We've 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 kind of struggled with how do you describe This administration, we had Michael Anton, author of the famous uh, Flight 93 essay on uh, a couple days ago earlier in the week, and I was asking him how he would characterize our current regime. And this smart guy and classical scholar, he remember what he said. He said, we've never really seen anything quite like this. It's hard to know how to describe it. Uh, You can call it progressive. You can call it incompetent. You can call it standard Democratic Party. uh, You can call it any number of things. I hadn't it had not occurred to me to call it paranoid. Um, I'll get into Dr. um, I'll get into Dr. Roberts piece in just a moment. I just want to think through some emblems of the paranoia that we see, which would include the need to have disinformation boards to crush to penalize and silence any dissenting views in social media. That would be the mark of, of, of paranoia. Uh, another mark of paranoia would be anyone who violates constitutional norms because doesn't trust the democratic processes or the constitutional processes. That would be paranoia. Paranoia would also be setting up sham uh, symbolic press events, which would mean, oh, I don't know. How about fake stages of the Oval Office where you hold press conferences and meetings from rather than the real Oval Office? Um, I don't know. How about having your press secretary perpetuate lies on behalf of the regime and putting in a press secretary who is uniquely capable of going over and under the radar of anything called a fact checker, lest that newspaper's fact checker be considered racist for taking on someone of that kind of trans, um, uh, what, do we, what do we call these phrases now, uh, trans, uh, trans intersectionalities. All right, we'll get into what Dr. Roberts said in just a moment. I'm Seth and We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. To maintain your health, repair your health, and protect your health, take what I take every single day, which is balance of nature's fruits and veggies. 100% natural. All of it. Pure, potent plant power. Everything from strawberries and aloe vera and wild blueberries to papayas and cherries and lemons and mangoes and pineapples and soybeans and carrots and cayenne peppers, a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables in one single daily dose. Best product I've ever taken. It's kept me well for the, what, somewhat, something like three years I've been taking it. You can take it too. Balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. All right, well, smart audience, you know what a crowd of cats is? There is a word for it. It's called a clowder. It's a word I didn't know. I'll confess that. C-L-O-W-D-E-R, clowder. Now, here's how accurate that word is because not every word, as you know, is accurate to what's going on. For example, you know, gender affirming really means pushing sex changes, so you don't get it but a clouder with cats really does work. You know what it comes what word comes from that? Clutter. Clutter or things lying in heaps or crowded confusion. Clouder means a crowded confusion. I think that works for cats. Perfectly well defined. All right, as I was promising or saying, Kevin Roberts who's the president of the uh, Heritage Foundation, had a piece up about Biden's paranoid presidency and he writes the left's vision for America has grown increasingly dark their embrace of identity politics has morphed into an all-out drive for divisiveness demonizing huge swaths of the American people for pu- for purely political purposes the most recent example came last week when president Joe Biden labeled tens of millions of his own consist- constituents Americans who oppose his policies semi-fascists. Days later in Philadelphia, he unleashed one of the most divisive speeches a sitting president has ever delivered. The optics for the primetime address were as bad as his rhetoric. Bottom lit and scarlet, Biden appeared like a character from Dante as he clenched his fists and insisted that he was fighting a battle for the soul of our nation. But his angry hectoring screed showed he's fighting on the wrong side. Not that anyone familiar with Biden's career should be surprised. This is the man, of course, who said Mitt Romney and Paul Ryan wanted to put black Americans back in chains. This is the president who said that about those two non-MAGA Republicans when Joe Biden was praising non-MAGA Republicans. He's trying to divide his ire for those who ascribe to the MAGA agenda versus those who don't. Well, nice work if you can get it. There are probably no two Republicans more well known for not being part of the MAGA agenda of the Republican Party. And they would be Mitt Romney and Paul Ryan for those kinds of Republicans he has respect for and thinks are the decent Americans. He'll just say he wants to put black. They want to put black people in change in chains. who discharged soldiers for not getting the covid-19 vaccine, by the way and tried to force law-abiding civilians out of a job if they wouldn't get a vaccine? Who conspired with the Orwellian technology corporations to censor dissent, engineered an international humiliation in Afghanistan, created a deadly border crisis, spawned historic inflation, and sicked the FBI on political opponents and parents who merely wanted to protest failing schools? The common thread running through all these outrageous is divisiveness, something that runs counter to our country's traditional motto, E Pluribus Unum. Yet the left would have us believe that it's the critics of these outrages, not the authors of them, who are the threats to the republic. The true soul of our country is our countrymen, the American people. This is something Joe Biden forgets if he ever knew in the first place the families whose schools were closed whose communities are beset by violent crime whose children are being indoctrinated and sexualized in their classrooms who are already paying more than ever for gas food and rent and are and are now paying off the student loans for lawyers professors and white house aides for two years now biden has promised results And the mainstream media has assured us that better days are right around the corner. Yet so far, he's given us a recession, rampant inflation, violent emergencies, foreign and domestic, and repeated assaults on the Constitution he swore to defend while saying the other party was an existential threat to it. As for his promise to be the great uniter, he has delivered deeper and more bitter Division. If anyone is a danger to the soul of the nation and what America represents in the story of human history, it's Biden and his far left allies. The American people do know this, and the polls are showing it. Yet Biden's speech last week made very clear that he has every intention of ramming his deeply unpopular agenda for our government, our economy, our energy, our schools, our border, our security, and his crime wave down Americans' throats, unless And until he is stopped this White House conference, by the way, yesterday on racism and white supremacy is just another part of that. We'll talk to Wilfred Riley about that later in the show. Conservatives must fight back, not simply by attacking the woke Marxist left, but by engaging the millions of hardworking families being left behind by their self-serving elitist agenda and helping them make their voices heard. It's not enough. To express dissent or displeasure, we must build a coalition and turn our nation around. The economy, education, immigration, big tech, the right to life, China, crime, opioids, the crisis of the American family. Why would we shrink from defending or rushing to speak about any of that? The statistics speak for themselves. I think the philosophy speaks for For itself as well. It's not a time to shrink from any of these issues, any of them. In fact, we should be energized by them. We should be inspired by them because we're talking about our country after all. Here's a test as to how low self-esteem about this country has fallen. Here's a test, and it's an interesting one, I think. Uh, Work with me on it. Try it out. Tell me if this Represents anything or rings familiar to anything you know. How many times today will you be reminded that it's Mexican Independence Day? How many times tomorrow will you be reminded that it's U.S. Constitution Day? It's an interesting question. We'll, f- we'll tally the results on Monday, of course. I'm Seth Liebsen. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth and show portions of which are brought to you by Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing. It's the only company I use. You probably don't have to worry about heating just yet, although it looks like the weather's breaking a little bit. But if you have air conditioning or plumbing problems or if you want to make sure your heater is ready for the winter months coming up, Cool Touch is the only company I recommend, the only one I and my friends use. And they all say the same thing I do. It's a fantastic company from what they'll tell you the moment you call them to what they do by the time they're done, which will be done with dispatch. Give them a call for any air conditioning, heating, and plumbing needs you may have at 623-748-4942, 623-748-4942, or check them out at cooltouch.us. Ken Starr, as you know, um, I think a lot of you know, uh, passed away uh, this week. Uh, he, uh before Bill Clinton became president, he was a well, well, well respected judge and attorney. Um, and the Clintonistas did their number on him as best they could after he became the independent counsel uh, investigating the Clintons. Um, and now, I guess, a day after his death, they're still at it. Here's a headline over at NBC News. Ken Starr wrote the playbook on political witch witch hunts. Ken Starr wrote the playbook on political witch hunts. He didn't. Uh, He didn't at all. He was appointed special prosecutor by Attorney General of the United States, and there would have been no need whatsoever for him to be the special counsel if the Clintons had complied with requests by the Departments of Justice into their wrongdoings, and if Bill Clinton had not done the following— You ready for this? If Bill Clinton had not done the following, violated the civil rights of a female employee. Let's not forget, Paula Jones sued Bill Clinton for violation of civil rights under what's known as Title VII of the Civil Rights Act. She sued him under 42 U.S.C. 1983 and 1985. Those are civil rights actions. She was suing him for violating her civil rights, and he did what about that? He lied in a deposition in that lawsuit. He committed perjury and obstruction of justice in a civil rights lawsuit. So while they claim it was all just about sex, well, I'm sorry, you can't take sex violations sexual violations and sexual incontinence out of a civil rights lawsuit if you're trying to protect against sexual discrimination something you would have thought Hillary Clinton cared about but not when it came to protecting her husband's presidency and her legacy Ken Starr wrote no playbooks he was appointed because the Clintons were engaged in a lie and cover-up in a civil rights lawsuit let's get it right I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back.